Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everybody and welcome to the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, John Crockett. As you can tell, no Stevie fears, the Rona has finally caught up with him. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Festivus, um... Happy Hanukkah, and to all those who celebrate and don't celebrate this time of year. Um, we are well and truly into ranking seasons, and we're doing our top 30 defenders this week. Uh, all AFL fantasy defenders, and joining us, as always, from the sunny skies of Darwin, it is Estato. Welcome to you. Yeah, I fucking hate Christmas, um, but I do like Boxing Day and the week leading up to the new year, so that's uh, being an orphan's the reason why I dislike Christmas. I don't spend any time with people over the holidays, uh, except for the people that want to socialise, the sort of the friends, so orphan parties and all that type of stuff. So got one to go to in about an hour's time. So we'll try and make it uh, short, sharp and sweet and hopefully hugely informative. Well, you don't socialise with people outside the holidays, so this is just a normal day for you, as you said. I just don't socialise. That's it. And the man up in Queensland, it is Cam. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, did Stato just say he's going to an OnlyFans party? <laughs> yeah, sponsored by uh, Shed 16. Shit, jeez. Um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that Steve finally caught the COVID. You know, those uh, alt-right views out in Western Victoria it was always going to hit that community hard, I would have thought. But um, yeah, no, good, good to let's get into it. All right, let's get into it. Uh, top 30 AFL Fantasy Defenders. Um, using my list and then... I'll go through. We'll go through what top five or ten at a time. What do, what do you want to do? Yeah, five, five. sounds good. Five. Okay. Uh, kicking off number one for me, Sam Doherty, uh, the hundred and ten average last year. Possibly could go better. Like we have seen him pop out of one twenty before. Um, that was pre ACL, and I think when Carlton were pretty poo. But I don't see him going one twenty again. But one ten is still a pretty good average for Sam Doherty, uh, right in the prime of his career. Don't really seeing too much change for Sam Doherty next year. Uh, even though I've got questions on this guy, I've got him at number two, Jack Sinclair. Uh, 102 average last year, just absolutely brained it. Should stay in that halfback role uh, if Ross the Boss decides to keep him there. Number three, I think I called it last year. He's going to average 100. That was Jordan Dawson. Um, had the pretty role there off halfback with Laird moving into the midfield. So, again, don't see too much changing there. Pretty safe bet there with Jordan Dawson. At number four, I've got Tom Stewart. Um, again, solid contributor in the AFL fantasy ranks. Uh, don't see much changing. Doesn't get really injured. Did have that suspension, but, you know, that's horses for courses and don't think he was suspended too much previously to that. And my top five, uh, coming at number five, is James Sicily. Had the career year last year, Peter Crimmins medal. Um, he's the number one defender there at Hawthorne and nothing's changing there um, at the Hawks. I've got two two differences and, and we should, as you guys did last week with the Rucks, right? Now we should preface that this is all before um, we see anything in, um, you know, any, most any of the preseason. Yeah. yeah, correct. So there's, there's, these will change probably going going in, but... I actually have Mitch Duncan coming in at number four mm-hmm. uh, there. And ju- the reason being he averaged 102 in the back half of the season and he did so off the half back and it uh, dramatically affected Tom Stewart's output. 
as well. So that that for me was I've actually faded Tom Stewart going into this year, and I'm I'm probably comfortable that Mitch Duncan might be getting a few more of those um, plus sixes going around. And then the, the other difference I had very minor. Um, I have Isaac coming uh, at number five. I think he's going to go massive next year if the rumours are true that Harry, Harry Himmelberg's training with the forwards. I have two different as well. Uh, I've looked closely at, at Duncan, but he finished the last five with an average of 98, which sat him in ninth position. Um, and with some probably restings coming along, he just didn't quite crack my top five. But the old thing, draft, you need to treat, uh, treat differently to salary cap. So he should be a little bit higher than what you're probably ranking him in salary cap. Um, but in fourth position, I have Angus Brayshaw. Mm. And I know you guys have got your your doubts, but I have none whatsoever. Um, and in the last five, he was second in the averages for defenders. So Sam mm. Doherty averaged 118, Brayshaw 110. Um, the scoring, well, the role he had, which reduced his scoring, was the wing. Mm. He doesn't need to play the wing anymore. Um, so he's either going to be in the midfield or he's going to be in that halfback role, depending on where the holes or injuries will be, and can seem quite comfortably being uh, a 100 scorer. In fact, at four, I think he actually has the potential to finish second. Um, and in fifth position, I think there's going to be a, a little bit of a return, not to the uh, the lofty heights, but I think Jake Lloyd will actually come back a little bit. So I've slotted him in uh, fifth position. But I will say the the five to twelve, um, and I have coming at twelve, um, they're all interchangeable. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Yeah. All right, coming in at my number six is Mitch Duncan. Um, so he's pretty close there with Tom Stewart. I just think, as Dato said, there will be some restings, has had some injuries previously. So I'd probably have maybe Stewart, Sicily, Duncan there as a tier, or maybe Duncan, uh, Stewart slightly above. Um, but that's only really why I've got Duncan that little bit lower. At number seven, I've got Dan Houston. Um, I don't think anyone's touching him there. At Port Adelaide, average of the 92. Amon's gone. If he pushes up the ground a little bit more, can get some more ball, could increase his average even. So I'm pretty happy taking Dan Houston there. We know what we're going to get. Um, number eight, I do have Isaac coming. I'm pretty pretty keen on him, but it's just still that little bit of wait and see of what GWS are actually going to do with Himmelberg there. Um, if indeed Himmelberg is forward, coming probably rises. If not, he will um, stay where he's at there uh, at number eight for me. Number nine, uh, my boy Hayden Young. I can see him going up a step as well. Uh, really loved what he did last year. Don't see too much changing there. And initially, I didn't have this guy in my top ten, but he's just snuck in at ten, and that's Jake Lloyd. Um, I thought he was this other guy sort of coming up, and he's coming down, and he's going to be he'll be good, but I don't think he'll be a top ten defender coming into 2023 next year. Pretty similar, uh, Jono, here. So I've got Gus in at eight, uh, and I've got um, Lloyd in at seven, so coming in a little bit earlier as well. But I, I too, have Hayden Young pretty high. I've got him at, in at 10. And that Gus Brayshaw like, role thing, is it, if he plays back or 
midfield. I agree with your state of the wing thing's gone. If he plays back on midfield, you know what the different differential in points is in role? Bad team. Two. Wow. So, so you know, I agree with you that he, you could probably lock in a pretty good score for or average for him. Yeah, absolutely. The only one, so everyone that you've covered so far sits in my top 12. Uh, the only one different uh, absolutely whatsoever is I've got Nick Dacos at nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, starting off the next 10 at number 11, I have Nick Dacos. <laughs> uh, um, look, he's going to be playing off that half back still, I think, with probably maybe more midfield time. Who knows? Um, so that can only increase his scoring. We know what he's like. He's got, I oh know, I was going to say he had a basketball background, but that's Scott Pendlebury. Um, but he does, he, he looked really good in that back line. He does move like Pendlebury, has a lot of time and space. Um, I think he'll be good and he could potentially go in the top 10 as well. I think of people, a lot of, Maybe salary cappers would look at putting him a bit high after after the, off the back of what he did last year. Number twelve, I do have Angus Brayshaw uh, in the group chat. We're talking about it, and okay, he's not playing the wing, but if he's playing midfield, he's playing halfback. He it just seems to me that he can be the the filler. He's the Sally's filler gap. So wherever he's needed, he might go. Look, I haven't looked at the numbers, but what was it? Was Salem in the team when he was scoring so well in that half back? So I had a look there as well because I, I thought it was Salem coming Salem back that, that that challenged him, but actually, it, like that wasn't a factor for him at all. Salem coming back actually hurt um, Ed Langdon by by to the tune of twenty one points. Yeah, um, coming back in. Yeah, so it, it's to me, it's just he's solid. Doesn't matter what role they're going to put him in. Yeah, I know. it's just yeah. the old gut feeling, Cam. It's the old oh, gut the, feeling. The gut feel. it's, it's back. I haven't oh, had it for a while, back. but it's just something there. There is something there. So I'm cautious. Like, hey, look, if he goes well, I'm going to miss that boat and bad luck. As soon me. as he had a change of role last year, these are some of his scores. 156, 110, 105, 92, 126, 108, 100, 123, and last round, 93. But I've read that book before when he came third in the Brownlow, and look what happened. They put him in the <laughs> Sally's filler gap role. So he doesn't need to anymore. That's the point, John. We'll, we'll see. Get over yourself, skip him, let me and Cam take him. In fact, actually, Cam's going to half skip him, so I'm just going to take him. Okay. Or yours, mate. Uh, number 13, I'm going in on Jordan Clark. Um, oh, a few of the spicy. guys... It is spicy. A few of the guys at Freo, I think I spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, have left uh, Fremantle there. He was pretty good there off the halfback last year, averaging 81.5. He can bump that up a little bit more, I think, next year. Um, I'm pretty keen on Jordan Clark for next year. Coming in at 14, uh, Bailey Dale, nice vanilla pick. Can't really say too much about him. Um, they've got them and Caleb Daniel running around there, so it's going to be pretty hard to tag either of them. And 15, um, I've got Elliot Yo. I think he's coming back next year. Uh, he will either have that halfback role, which we saw him play, what, two or three games this year. Um, I think he's going to be the backup to Shannon Hearn. They're not playing Alex Witherden. So we know uh, Yo's played defence when he was up at Brisbane, averaged really well. So I'm, I've got Elliot Yo there at 15. 
How how many calves does it take to play AFL fan, uh, AFL footy? Fifteen, if you go. Uh... Yeah, he because he's already got suffering calf issues in the preseason. Correct. Which yeah, it's, for me is a, a big yo no go. <laughs> That'll do. Um, I, I had a fair bit different there. So uh, we at uh, eleven, I actually have Daniel Rich coming to you know score a few more points. He had a, a pretty slow second half of the season, but that was his worst output in a while. I, I think he can potentially come back uh, a little bit there. Uh, I then have uh, Christian Salem returning to form as well. So, again, he was injured pre-season or in the first game of the season last year. Um, missed a whole chunk of it and then came back and just kind of did bit bit parts. So expect him to go full-time back into defence and, and be their distributor. Uh, then that's at 13, I have Tom Stewart. Now oh. that's where I've slid him to. Uh, I think, and honestly, at thirteen, I still think he could burn you. Like, he could be. He's one that I'm. I'm what's your expectation? Okay like min, minimum, maximum average? Like what's the out range? How come the the range? Man, I'll cop heat for this, but the the concern is he can go sub eighty. Spicy yeah. meatball. Yeah. Um. That would be on the extreme end, obviously. But yep. yeah, I have Bailey Dale at fourteen, and I actually have Dacos sitting at. 15, and the logic behind it is he was 6th in the league for uncontested possessions and 7th for total disposals, right? So he's already getting a hell of a lot of the ball and he's using it extremely well off the halfback. And across his stats in that type of role, the the one where he's deficient against other, other, you know, commensurate players is actually in marks per game. He gets about 4.4 a game. I think... For him to increase that, it would need to be a change in role or a change in game style because the people that are eating up those marks in that back line, Braden Maynard, Darcy Moore, and Jeremy Howe. Um, and then they, you know, Dacos is acting as the, the primary distributor. So I'm, I'm just not sure he has, like, lots of people think he's going to go bananas, but I, I kind of think he'll be consistent with his output from this year. I don't think he'll go too bananas, but he averaged, what, the 86, 7, whatever, but a 92, yeah. 93? Is not... I kind of think I kind of think 86 is, is about right. I, I'll say a little bit. I, you obviously have to see improvement out of him. Yeah. I think. But yeah, that, that was where I was different there. Stato? Yeah, Vloston I had at uh, 14, and Shannon Hearn I've got sliding, but I kept him in the top 15. Okay. Uh, all right, next, starting for 16, Caleb Daniel. Um, again, he is what it is. He's not going to reach those lofty heights from previous years with the emergence of Bailey Dale and um, Ed Richards, but he'll still get his ball, no problem. 17... I don't know if it's a fool's gold, but I've got Mason Redman. Um, had a blinder uh, last year in ahead of Jordan Ridley. So whether Brad Scott changes things up again um, will keep us guessing until we actually see some sort of training or, or, or pre-season match. But I've got him there just based off the numbers last year. Um, he was pretty solid, so I'd be looking to pick him up. 18, I've got Luke Ryan. Could be a trap going into next year where he plays a bit more lockdown defender, but again, he's always been a pretty solid pick um, filling out your fantasy teams. 19, uh, Nick Vlosten. Um, 
It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him and Jaden Short and the rest of that Richmond defence. Does Jaden Short go back with Taranto and Hopper there? Um, Training with the mids. Jaden Short is? Yes. Interesting. Mm. There you go. So, Fade, Jaden Short, pick up uh, Nick Boston. And rounding out my top 20 is Daniel Rich. Um, he's fine. Like I've never really been one to target Daniel Rich, but... He's fine, but getting on in, in age, they might look to change the guard, maybe, uh, with the emergence of Kitty Coleman and a couple others. But while they're still in that window, I find that hard to see, potentially. Yeah, differences for me there. I have uh, Brandon Ellis coming in at uh, 17. Uh, I have uh, Brad Hill coming in at 19. And the, the logic behind that, just looking at his scores under... Ross Lyon, while he's playing on the wing at Frio, uh, he had two seasons averaging in the 80s and one averaging in the 90s. So, yeah, he's, he's a little bit older, but, you know, under the Ross Lyon game plan, he could potentially go was pretty Was that well. when it was good Frio or poor Frio? Because there was a massive gap in terms of fantasy output and um, yeah. when they were playing well and close to winning premierships and when they were sh- shitting the bed, basically. I think this is in the shitting bed territory, but, uh, okay. you know, it's it's the more recent of Ross Lyons coaching, right? Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and then um, I have Dan Rioli coming in at 20. Wow, okay. Okay, I have at 18, Liam Duggan. Uh, had a slow start to last season because he had uh, injuries during the preseason. Ended up averaging 84, but what's most impressive, his last five, he averaged 107. So he was the third highest defensive scorer in the last five home and away games last year. And I think he's just going to take up a more senior role and continue that path. Uh, I had Aaron Hall at 19. Um, the scoring power is there, but question about body is probably, let's face it, if he was fully fit and we knew he had that role, he'd probably be sitting in the top two. Um, but that's why I'm happy to take that punt at probably 19 for him. And also had uh, Brandon Ellis uh, rounding out the 20. I am, I've completely left Hall off my rankings. I, uh, just I couldn't resist. Yeah, I, and people are going to, People Look, are gonna he's going to be value at some right? stage, but it all just depends on where you see that value, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving into the last tier of the top 30 at 21, Christian Salem. Uh, look, he can be he can be good, but just not consistent enough for me. Like People think he's a D1, but I like my D1s to be on the park for me. But look, when he gets there, he does score. But <laughs> I like my D1s to be on the park. Damn straight. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, At 22, I do have Liam Duggan. Uh, Similar to what Stato said, he had a pretty good year and can go up. Um, Again, I just don't want to pay too much for him, but I'm happy to sit him there at my D3, and hopefully there's there's a bit of a pop there. At 23, Adam Saad, even though he had a banger of a year, I think he's still going to be okay. depending on how Michael Voss plays Zach Williams. Um, not that we can trust Zach Williams to play more than eight games. So if that's the case, then Saad's going to be a pretty pretty solid pick there in your D3. 24, Ed Richards. Um, Bevo seems to like him a lot, so he's going to be given probably more opportunity to run off the halfback line, maybe push up the wing now that Lockie Hunter's um, gone out of that team. So he could probably go even better. 
Um, and rounding out my 25 there is Kitty Coleman. My uh, only difference there, I think, is I've got, um, well, different order, but same players. And uh, I've got Veloston sitting at 25 and only fading him. It's a Look, it's a hard fade. I appreciate that he's got a fantastic average last year and the role is good, but his injury history for me just really puts me off uh, wanting to draft him at all. So he played the 16 games last year, really struggles to play any more than that, to be honest. So... Awesome, hard face for me. Yeah. Notice you don't go harsh on the injury history for uh, Geelong players, though. Mitch Duncan made you top five. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He played, he played, nine, he played 19 um, games last year, mate. I, I will say there's uh, quite a few different here for me. So I've got Ooh, uh, Andy McGrath um, sitting at 21. Mm. Uh, we know he's rolling back to that de- defensive role already. Um, so I see he's going to just have that little plum roll. I've got Dyson Heppel slipping in at uh, mm. 24. Um, it was a bit hard to rank these guys. So there's McGrath, Clark, Rich, Heppel. And before I went on to the potential breakouts and the injury concerns, at 25 I've got someone that could be D1 but we're thinking he might be playing forward, and that's Harry Himmelberg. Mm. Yeah, he I... could, if if he does play that role, he actually could be D1. Oh, no no question about it. Could be, could be top six forward as well, but um, depending on where you want to draft him, that's the thing. Mm. So, so he, exactly. with Himmelberg, because he's got the DPP, I'm looking him more at a, as a forward. That's where I'm sort of... I'd have I, him. I reckon there's a lot more depth in forward, so anyone I can drag with DPP, I'm taking in defence. I reckon really? defence is our line this year. That's interesting. Uh, I, I still... I think I see it the other I way still. I, I think I agree with you still, there, Stato, but I just, I'd prefer him as my forward than a defender. Yep. I, still, I still think there's some good players in your defence. I found um, Dyson Heppel really hard to rank. To be honest, yeah, it was, it yeah. was, and, and I had Redmond there. You mentioned Richards; he he makes the top thirty for me. Mm. And got I was just twelve months early. I I went hard on him in in salary cap this year, and he finished the year like I expected him to start. Um, so his last five, he was averaging ninety seven. So that Heppel? No, no, that is Ed Richards. Ed Richards, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've gone down to my top fifty with my defenders ready. I've got Heppel at forty. That yeah, I, I feel like that is about about right. And the concern is like he, there's already talk of him not being, you know, the captain and new coach and new role. Like who knows what's going to happen with him? And it's just you know there's a very real chance that in the preseason, you know, we get rumours of more mid time or, or you know playing off the half back still or whatever that looks like, and you move him up your draft board. But for me at the moment, I've got him unranked. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. All right, finishing at the top 30, at 26, I've got Brandon Ellis. Um, just where I've got him. Oh, he's fallen for me. Like, he's a good player. Um, but no no ifs, buts, or maybes about him. 27, Brad Hill. The rumours are true, you know, and as Cam said, he had pretty good pretty good years under the Ross Lyon times on the wing. Then, yep, can certainly go up my board. Um, 28, Tom Atkins. Um, I've got the defender status playing midfield and all that jazz. Give it to me. Average is 70. 
73, I think he's at. Had some pretty... Se- had 78. Pretty good finish of the year 70. as well, Stato. Pretty good finish of the year. Um, so what was his last five? I don't know. So, so I think the different thing to look at, right, is um, opportunity. What was his average as a defender and what was his average as a midfielder? Every, his last five average was 74. Yep. And his average as a midfielder was 81 and his average as a defender was, uh, as a overall for the season was 78. So for me, that's, I, I don't see much upside with it at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Um, and 29 and 30, Shannon Hearn and Aaron Hall. Yeah. Good punts at the end. Um, I've gone Salem, Richards, Redmond. Yo at 29 and went another different style punt with Zach Williams at 30. But just missing out, any of these guys could be it was Luke McDonald, Brody Smith, Scrimshaw, Witherden, if he gets a game, could be right up there. He's not playing. I can tell you right now, he will not play. Yeah, Kitty Coleman uh, and. And bows I had in that sort of mix as well, and that's before you include Will Day and mm. Um, mm. Will Powell. My last five were similar: Blakey, Clark, Redmond, Hearn, kind of Yo, Blakey. and then you know a couple of um, not not Connor, right? <laughs> Connor, Nick Blakey. Oh, Nick um, Blakey. Yeah, a couple of uh, sort of around that you know punt mark: Heath Chapman, Hunter Clark, Lockie Young from North. Um, Lockie Well apparently burning up the track at the Suns after his ACL, going to be playing off the half back as well. Apparently, um, you know, even guys like Zach Guthrie who who had a bit of a breakout year last year in Geelong defence. But yeah, I, I put uh, Tom Atkins at fifty-seven. Yeah, okay, that's that's your opinion, and that's I've got mine. That's, we'll see what happens. Uh, just missing out for me in the top thirty, I had Ridley McGrath. Bose Chapman, they'll probably be next, they'll the next four mm. coming in. So it's, I mean, McGrath, yeah, I can see him going up. I'm just not a big fan of him, and just he's just it's a vanilla pick for me. I like some spice in my defence. Cool. Uh, all right, we've got plenty of questions to get through. So thanks to everyone for sending them through. Uh, SV7 has asked with Harry Himmelberg. Reportedly training with a forward group. Where would you take him? Uh, I think Stato, you had him in what the twenties or something. Twenty five, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that will change once we know a bit more. Of course, you know, if if he's definitely playing forward, then he's sort of dropping out of sight. You know, hitting the sixties and seventies. Mm. Um, yeah. But you also, if that's the case, everyone will be off him, and he's someone worthwhile to get on your bench or all your emergencies because if the role changes you've got an absolute dynamo bloody oath I'm not sure where I'd take him, I haven't really thought about too much about Himmelberg um, Matty Faz ranks, shit better start paying attention again yes you should Matty, yes you should uh, Cam's burner is Ed Richards, hashtag real for 2023, uh, Ooh, I believe yeah. he is, yep so, so they were talking pre-season last year. So this is the coaching group. And, and this is why I sort of went early with the, the salary cap piece on him. 
they were actually talking about him being the major ball carrier for him. Yeah. They want the ball in his hands. And mm. we've seen the reason why. Um, JJ so, 2.0. Jason Chanderson 2.0. No, no. He hits targets, mate. Yeah, but he's fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I, I, I'm quite hot on him. Um, so mm. I think he's real. We just don't know if there's a real ceiling here or whether he's just going to be really solid. I think, I think with um, those Bulldogs defenders, it's similar to the Frio defense where there's probably like three or four guys that can all yeah. score 80 to 90, you know. Mm. Um, so I think it doesn't really matter if you pick Daniel um, Dale Richards or, Richard. or Dale, you know, you, you're going to have a pretty safe, safe 85. Yeah, agreed. Um, Breno, not a question, but he says, give me some Houston love. You can find that down at Shed 16 on Thursday nights, mate. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty keen on Houston. Like, what's his competition, really? Not much. Not much. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a weird club, Port Adelaide, for scoring this year. I know people going hot on Rosie and Co., but ooh, I'm, I'm, I want to see what's really happening. There's a lot to unpack there. There is. Um, Russ says, would you touch Weller late? He's reportedly making an amazing recovery from his knee injury. I think we touched on that, that he's going to be yes. playing off the halfback. So, mm-hmm. um, did he play at all last year or was it mid-season? Mid-season. So he did it in June, I think, okay. um, which is still, it's a rapid, rapid turnaround for an ACL, mm-hmm. right? So, so we'd have a low, lowish average. Um, that was yeah, on, he was on the wing. It was like 70. Just bury him a little bit. Yeah. Um, Carla asked our thoughts on the Cats defense. Mainly, uh, Zach Guthrie and Jack Bowes. May your season be festive and fab. Oh, thanks, Carla. Um, hmm. I think I've got them unranked at the minute. They're just outside. And for me, it's a, just a whole question mark on, um, a bit of the movement down there with all of the ins at Geelong. So just, they're a watch. They're, they're a watch. watch. They're a watch yeah. for sure. It's un- unranked, but watching for sure. Um, Patch just says Mason Redmond, but then he this has another part to that. He goes, "This isn't a question. Sorry, I just got excited. My question is Mason Redmond." <laughs> um, so all I can say is there is, is a new coach. They've got quite a few players that can score well in the defence. We know UR is already back there. We're talking Heppel might be. We don't know who's going to play the defensive role or who's going to play the intercept role. They are definitely a watch in the preseason to see what the game plan is. Yep, agreed. Uh, Nick, Aaron Hall, is he worth the punt again? Or is he likely to tear a handbone the day before round one and leave you disappointed again? It's a bit of both, isn't it, Cam? Yeah, I mean, as a saying, unranked for me. And not because of the injury thing. I, I just think Clarko coming in to rebuild a club is... I, I don't see any value in Clarko playing. Like, why wouldn't he play some of the younger players? Maybe maybe he has a one one more year like have that mixture. Yeah, who, of, knows? who knows? Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Um, it's all guess. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jimino, J I M I N H O. Jimino, 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 Jimino. 
I'm sorry if I've completely balls that up. But anyway, what average do you expect from Kitty Coleman? Significant improvement or similar output to 2022? I, I think he's actually got more uh, internal competition. So um, I, I would base it on similar first, and if there's an uplift, then that's a bonus. Yeah, I think it's similar this year. Might get a bump when Rich goes um, to be that number one guy off the halfback there. Uh, what do we got? Ali Santner, interested to hear your thoughts on the West Coast backline. If Shannon Hearn goes down, is it naturally just with it in season, or is it Duggan, Baraskov all getting a bump? Witherden's not playing, so wouldn't even worry about him. Can't defend, yeah. not in that team. J- Jaden Hunt came in as well, and yeah, if Elliot Yo can put two calves together, it's probably going to get. That's why they got Jaden Hunt. They're going to surgically implant them into Elliot Yo. <laughs> they got him for the calves. Yeah, uh, I think Duggan's the man, though. Duggan and Barat. He's the scorer. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Gov's more used super coacher. Um, Josh Rock, Jaden Shaw likely return to the back six. Um, with the acquisition of the GWS mids, where do you rank him among defenders and what round in the draft do you stash him pending DPP round six? Uh, well, I can't rank him as a defender because he's a mid only and I'm not drafting him for the hope of DPP and I think, Stato, you said he's training with the midfield, so should be unlikely. Jaden Short, yeah. Yeah, unlikely we see him even get a DPP next year. There was a stat that I read earlier today about Jaden Short, and it was like, I think he had the sixth most inside 50 entries in the league last year. So, I mean, there's a reason why he's playing further up the ground, right? Mm. That's right. Uh, pack and send. Thoughts on Quainer. How quickly do the decent defenders fall away? Um, there's still some pretty good defenders right through. It's just... Who, who tickles your fancy, really? But He's in the 60s for me. He just hasn't shown a real ceiling. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree, yeah. He's, he's got the chops for fantasy, but it just hasn't presented, has it? I think it's so interesting that you guys think defenders fall away quicker than forwards. Like I've just no, I didn't looking at it you know, down to about D50... Down to about D55, you can get someone at about 77 average from last year. And sure, there'll be some that fall away from there. No one's going to score the same as last year. But like that, to me, feels like it's a pretty tight group. Um, especially maybe, between... maybe it's the top half that's making it feel like that. Yeah, because it, it for sure is like four or five at the top and then bang. Like, but, you know, I, I think they're from anywhere from average 87 to, you know, 77. You've probably got about 40 players. Good one, Cam. Nailed it. Sorry. Yeah, great, Cam. Yeah, good, good. The Carlton Carlton Blues. Merry Christmas, Cam. With Walsh injured, well, this is for at least a month, but it's now until round one, uh, absolute minimum. How much better will Doc go than his 112 average this year? Hashtag more midtime. I doubt it. They've got so much bloody depth through that midfield. Chera and Matt Kennedy say hi, and Hewitt, if he's back back from his back injury, so yeah, they've got depth. If they, if they run him through the midfield, I actually think he goes less than his one twelve. A bit of a short theory. Mm-hmm. I'd short it. Okay. 
Yeah, Matt Kennedy for me. He was braining it when Walsh missed that first month uh, this year. Yeah, uh, they've got Acres there too now. Yeah, true, true. Uh, Robert Phelan, Angus Brayshaw's role, warning, just signed a contract. Uh, when he did, dropped 17 AFL Fantasy and 14 Supercoach last time he re-signed. There's my gut feel. Right there, Stato. Get stuff. Oh, my goodness. It's <laughs> got nothing to do with whether he oh, signed a contract. That you've, got, you've got those dollary dudes in your pocket. Yeah, oh, tra- you beauty. No, no, the cash is there. That's it. Once the cash is there, you don't have to try no more. Get, get, guarantee you as part of re-signing on because he was considering moving on, that they've clarified what his role is going to be in that team. Mm, I remember when they when a lot of players move clubs that they get promised the hashtag more mid time and never seems to yeah, have been But this man's an inside midfielder. Mm, we'll see. He's not a winger, we know, and they've got genuine wingers. But he's played half forward flank before too. Jono, just don't pick him up. <laughs> I'm not. He's a Sally <laughs> Stop trashing, Sally Stop trashing a top two defender. <laughs> Oh, are we having a bet on that, are we? Oh yes, it is so early in the preseason. But uh, it's no, so where, where did you where did you actually um, where did you put him? I've got him at twelve. You got him at twelve. I had him at four. So let's meet halfway. Uh, the bet is that he's a top eight defender. Deal. I'll give you a bottle of Pinot. Done. You give me some nice craft beers. Done. Top. John, you've just got completely. No, we've gone exactly this. exactly halfway just, of where we both picked you, him. You said four, but he could be a top two, and then you've ended up at eight. You've grifted him. Yeah, because he went 12, <laughs> I went four, halfway in between. Yeah. I get he that. will not be a top eight defender. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank grifted. you. Grifted. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers, thoughts Me on no. who gets the role at North? Um, <laughs> is it Scott Bergman, Hall, Thomas, Stephenson? Uh, there's a role there, but who benefits the most? And can you take any of them early? Mm. I love that. Um, massive, massive watch. Kay's take on, uh, I don't know if you saw it, on Josh Goda. Good take. Basically saying that Goda's going to have a, a big second year. Um, and he played, what, one one game last year for an average of... 86. 80, and, yeah. and that's the problem. He's going early because of the average and there'll be some hype around him. For sure, but he's a great flyer late. No, but that's what I was saying. Because of his average, you actually go off the board earlier. And there'll be some sh- some schmuck in your league that just drafts him on the name. Yep. And the number. Yep. The gift think, potential. Thinking it's Miles Bergman, not the other Bergman. No relation. Mm. Uh, uh, I, I don't know who gets the role. That's, that's the problem. So for uh, new coach... They've got a heap of talent, so let's not get lost. The, the the actual amount of players that could potentially be in that round one team, the 22, is huge. Um, so mm. we're going to have to wait to see how it plays out. So they're a major watch. And there could be guys just sitting there on the waiver eye that were missed that get that bump. Yeah. So watch that, yeah, watch that a, as well. Good point. Um, so you think Phillips, Powell, Tucker, could all be these? Any, there's there's yeah. probably a dozen of them. It doesn't. Oh, absolutely. Cunnington's coming back. Mm. There's a, do- there's a dozen there's blokes a, there. Yeah, there's a bit of hype on LDU's going to become a premium. I'm going, well, who's their three midfielders? Yeah, he's going to be part of the rotation, but I'm not guaranteed he's just in there all the time. Agree. 
Fantasy footy bloodbath with the difficulty picking defenders in 2023 in AFL Fantasy. This might be the most important year to get them right early and the most important line on our field. I don't think so. I think there's going to be a lot of popping this year. I think this is one area that you always find there's fieldable options on the waiver wire. Agreed. And like the forward lines, we see them popping. I think we'll see some popping out of defence this year as well. Yeah, because you're always in defence. You always have people that are probably averaging 30, 40 the year before, but they actually get a good role because previously they've just been sitting as a closed-down role in a back pocket, and all of a sudden they get wing time. So all of a sudden yeah. they're popping out 72s. Or they're the two number two interceptor and the main one gets injured or something yeah. like that. Jeez, I'm just looking at the minute because I like just want to see if it was, you know, a, a very important line and the drop off and, you know, anti that. But, man, I just had a look at the minute. I haven't done my mid ranks yet. Are, are we doing that show next? No, that's always last. Okay, last. Man, mids drop off quick, really quick. And weirdly, they always do. That's why I always go hot on mids in my drafts. It's, it is seriously quick this year, though. It's where the premierships are won, is in the midfield. Defense if you're in a ten, if you're if you're in a ten team league, you potentially have Elijah Hollands on field. Nice. That is just huge upside. M two, get on it. My goodness, yeah. get on it. <laughs> uh, Mark man, there'll be plenty of value in Salem. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Always money it, in the banana stand. It's just body, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Toby T. Raman team. I like that name. Uh, Pendles and Seb Ross to gain defender status during the year. Uh, oh, please never bank on this. Never, ever bank. Draft them where the value of the position they've currently got. And, and because all that needs to happen, Seb Ross training with the backs all preseason, two injuries in the midfield, and all of a sudden he's back in there, doesn't get defender status. And you've taken this early draft, yeah, or wasted an early pick, draft yeah. pick on him. Yeah. Yep. Um, and last question: Rich Hunter Clark, Jack Scrimshaw projections seventy-seven plus. Uh, yeah, I I had Hunter Clark just outside the thirty because huge potential, but body's issue needs a bit of luck going his way, and Scrimshaw's a bit the same, to be honest. Well, yeah, well, actually. Speaking of that, I was just doing the Hawthorne in the draft kit today and was writing up Jack Scrimshaw and pretty much sat him banging as your perfect D3. D3, D4. He's. No way. As I said, a little insight. He's the Robin to Sicily's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a perfect four, number two, but yeah. He is what he is. He's fine. Uh, and I will say for the for the listener, um, that was Jono laughing at his own joke. Oh, bullshit! We can split we can split the audio on that one, Stato. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take that clip of Stato <laughs> laughing at that joke and just play it over. Because <laughs> also, I'm just going to loop that right at the end of the show as well. Just Stato laughing for 50 minutes. Excellent. Really. Haven't we Love done that before? 
do it all the time. <laughs> just just to see if anyone's listening at that stage of the podcast. Three hour show again, guys. Jesus, loving the content. Uh, all right. Any other questions, comments, or anything? No. So we've got forwards. Ah, perfect. Forwards next week. Um, hopefully, Stevie Fizz is back from COVID purgatory. Yeah, get well. Get well. Get well. And I hope, yeah. I hope you and Creds look after yourselves. <laughs> New podcast coming from the COVID shed at Stevie Fizz's place. All right. Thanks for that. And um, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.